consistency you really have to be present with that person but they're a lot more rewarding as well I feel like when we were kids we kind of just got we got, got close with whoever we were stuck with and then you know you just amused yourself for however long that you didn't really see them you know what I mean yeah I think there's a whole new level to my friendships as an adult I agree I feel a lot closer to the friends I'm with now than I was like in high school I think it has to do with, uh, I mean, I feel like for me personally, in adolescence, it was hard for me to like talk about just personal stuff and all that. So it's a lot easier as an adult to kind of just let things go more, you know, kind of like, like break my walls down a little bit and just do all that. So yeah, um, friendship, it's a lot better as an adult, personally speaking. I think also as we age, we just become who we want to be now. And so we're more like, prone to find people similar to us and prone to make real decisions based off what we want to do and not just the crowd, not just the bad. We can be real friends because we're being our real self or trying to be our real self. I think right now my friendships are a lot more intentional. Um, I think Erica said it is just more of like when I was younger, it was based on convenience, you know, whoever I saw down the hall, even when I was in college, like whoever was in my class, whoever I um, who live in the same dorm as me. Um, so I guess based on proximity, um, right now that all my friends are kind of, a lot of my friends are kind of moved out of state or in different countries of that sort. Everyone has their own life. Now you have to make a conscious decision to actually communicate to these individuals. And it's not based on, oh, we'll see each other when we do see each other. Cause sometimes maybe like a whole year. And so to maintain those friendships that are not based on, us being physically present within our each other's life, you kind of have to be intentional with that, and it's more. And so, with that, it comes with being vulnerable because you can't do with the surface of a conversation about, "Hey, how are you doing?" It's like, "How are you really doing? Um, how's your life? How's your goals? How's your dreams?" So it's like talking about all those things. Me personally, the, uh, the the spiritual aspect of a lot of my friendships, you know, in accordance with the theme of this podcast, it being Christian, a lot of my friends are Christian. Uh, it's easier for me. Uh, to speak like more like deeply with a person if if like I'm spiritually kind of like connected with them as a friend too. I know for me I've just like recently um, seen like how much we need friendships like we've talked about in the beginning and just been drawn to like going deeper in my friendships. Sometimes I know in my life personally I've had many friends like you know I feel like that's maybe maybe a trend in high school when you're around people um, your age all the time. They have like a, a hundred friends. We have like 50 Facebook friends, you know, 500 Facebook friends. But like the older I'm getting, the more I'm, I'm like, I want to invest in like maybe some, some specific friendships uh, and go deeper. And, and I just see like all the shows, personally, that I'm drawn to, I see that are so popular relate to just like a core group of friends so like friends being in front of the main group but like new girl uh and different shows like that where you just see like the joy of just like friendships uh and um just how much 
fun and and so i think i'm just thankful to god because he made us this way and so you know i think back in one of the, the passages that i like to think about is that adam was in the garden of eden right it was a perfect place with no pain or anything like that and he had the presence of god with him and was intimate with god but even god said this is not good for man to be alone so he created companionship he created like a friend and obviously like that was even his wife but God created us to have that level of intimacy with each other and joy. And so I'm just thankful. Um, I like that you like, brought up the family aspect of it. I think that that's something that I've had to deal with now with like adult friendships, just because my family is all back in Chicago. Um, and so it really has become like my friends here that I've made here and like the friendships that I've made here are almost like my family because the like holidays I spent here and just like day-to-day stuff like my friends here have really become like family members and I think that that is something that I noticed shift in my friendships like needing deeper friendships because I didn't have those deep connections like here. For me I've been through I guess for the past maybe four to five years I like to call like a transitional periods in like friendships where I had to really sit down and say all these people that are I'm considering friends, are they really friends? Or is it because just time invested, right? We've just known each other for so long that I'm expecting something of you because just, you know, we just, we're in diapers together and now we're in college and it's like, you're my friend, but it's like, am I giving myself to this friendship and are you giving me the same thing back? So I had to look at like loyalty in terms of time invested and loyalty because we're actually being intentional about this friendship. And the circle narrowed a bit to maybe like three people. <laughs> I was like, oh wow. It's like three people and it's like I'm actually more content with just maybe three friends than having like two thousand friends on Facebook and I'm like, Oh, it's your birthday. I forgot to text you happy birthday on your birthday. And I'm like if Facebook has to remind me that it's your birthday oh, yeah, come on. I really need friends here. So you know it's it's a interesting thing because um this past year I actually sat down with one I don't even know if I can call my best friend now crazy um but like we had been best friends since we were maybe 11 and i said i was like listen this is kind of the path i'm going right like i'm with jesus we're doing the thing you're you're (laughs) you're like not really buying into that lifestyle i still love you i will still check up on you but like it was a really uncomfortable conversation to be honest it's like but like i can't sit there and say you're my best friend if like i'm going through something that i can't share with you because you're not going to understand on that spiritual level so you know it's conversations that i think everybody needs to kind of filter out their friendships over the years to really see like hey who am i devoting my time to who am i devoting myself to who am i sharing my spaces with um so for me i mean i kind of agree with ours like sometimes i think we should all accept the fact that some people are in your life for a season and that um, trying to hold on to relationships that existed 10 years ago um, that aren't necessarily at the stage of the life that you are at, not necessarily saying that that person is toxic, but if you're kind of moving in a different direction and they're not helping you grow, like acknowledge that like the deep friendship that you once had may not be helping you move forward. And so it's just like, they're there when you were 10 to 15, now you're 20, six and you need a different group of people surrounding you but you still have them they're not as a backup but it's just like actually i was like your time is done <laughs> but that's, that's also not something i say <laughs> i don't know i can say but yeah. my mom would always be like she always harp on the fact that 
their seasons. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get it. I get it. She's like, you're not going to hang out with your friends all the time. These are just seasons. And I was like, okay. Um, but I guess what she meant and didn't know what to say is that there's like different not tiers of importance, but there are different levels of friendship yep. where you have acquaintances, where you have co-workers, where you have um, people at church you say hello, goodbye to, and then there's also deeper relationships that either you've built over time because it's been years, or maybe you just have that connection you've only known for two years, and that's, lo- that's been long enough, you know? Um, and I think it's okay to have all these types of friends. Um, mm-hmm. I think that your closest friends and people who you allow to influence you you should be more selective, but mm-hmm. I feel like it is okay to have friends who maybe aren't all the way having these deep conversations, and it's okay to have those other friends where you spend all night talking because that's what you do. So how do you guys find yourselves choosing which relationships require like more intentionality and more depth? I feel like it's move- people have moved. My friends have moved in and out of, like I guess, boxes because I've grown up with like the same people for as long as I can remember. And in certain seasons of my life, some people I've been closer or spent, like, every day with. And other people I've seen, like, when I see it, you know. And the ones that I choose um, to, like, be closer with, I guess, end up being the ones that are in, like, the same stage of life as me. You know, like, people who are, I mean, obviously, I'm married and when working. So younger friends who aren't, like, you know, there's just less to relate to. And people who are closer in age and in that same season like there's stuff that i can you know confide in and talk to so those are the people that i end up uh deepening relationship with right and then people move away and uh it takes like a little bit more effort to do that and sometimes people stay with you forever but yeah i find that people move in and out of boxes though sometimes like uh there are all these old friends that like that'll be close to me forever until I die and then there's some that are around and like we're still close uh it seems really mean but if I say <laughs> if I say friends out of convenience <laughs> but yeah I was gonna say like I do it kind of like family like I don't I don't have the same connection with all my family members they don't always have the same point of view as me some give really good advice some are like very supportive but like they're also very critical as well so they give me an opposing point of view kind of which can be helpful it can be useful and then there's some that i just like tell all my deep dark secrets to you know you just have that connection where you just i don't know you can kind of let yourself be vulnerable and then i have some that are like more comforting than anything some i don't really talk to because i'm not that close with them i don't see them enough like there is some family i have that I've met once in my life, and it's like, your family, but I don't really know you. And the same translates to my friends. Like, we all have our strong suits, you know what I mean? Like, personality-wise, we're not compatible with everybody. Like, we have our strengths and we have our, our faults, but, like, doesn't mean that he was just saying, just because somebody isn't as compatible with your life arena right now doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It just means that there's no, no common ground. I've had kind of a similar experience where maybe we kind of fell out of touch and I wasn't sure, oh, are we really friends? Because we don't really do friends things anymore. You know, like call or hang out or basic things. And where um, it's turned into like uh, sit down, we're kind of uncomfortable and you're, 
like, okay, well, are we friends anymore? And you kind of just decide no or yes. <laughs> and I've had some where the, the answer has been no. And whether it's life choices or personal growth on one party or the other, no one wishes ill of the other person. It's just recognizing that, hey, I think we're different people. And I think we were friends before because we went to high school together or we were part of the same group and kind of just thrown together in the collective group of people. Now that we have developed our own personalities, we've decided maybe we're not friends, you know, and that's okay. I fought hard to try and maintain a lot of friendships that grew up. Like we would get together and it would just be talking about memories. <laughs> and that just felt like, you know, you, you know those relationships? <laughs> Aren't you supposed to fight hard if they're your friends though? I was, so I was reading the book and um, she was talking about, which I thought was a good point. I'm still wrapping my head around it, but she was talking about how technology, especially like social media now, um, expands our connection probably inherently have the capacity for it. So we're trying to maintain these connections with like mm. middle school friends or like people from our daycares. <laughs> and that may impede on the depth of the relationships that we have around us that we are trying to be intentional with. So you asked, shouldn't we fight hard for friendships? I I think yes, but I don't think we should try and shape it into something that just for the sake of having a friendship. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah. but do we think there is a difference between uh, like the in, like the intimacy of a friendship between like two men having a friendship and two women being uh, uh, having a friendship. Uh, I think women, yeah, like I'm not a woman, but I think you guys, <laughs> you guys can be so intimate so quickly. And I think for guys, uh, a lot of people are shaking their head, <laughs> but for guys, I think to get there takes some time. Like I have pretty close friends right now where we rarely talk about intimate stuff um and i i wonder if that's just me or if that's just like a guy trend not to say like we have a facade but we try to keep like a guarded front like we're receptive we're receptive like we'll try to assess what's going on you know what i mean we'll be perceptive but we we don't immediately just like spill our guts. But like like growing up with a brother and him having like a ton of guy friends, they're always like sleepovers and stuff. And like one of his guy friends like moved in for a while. Like dudes gossip all the time. They're always like, <laughs> <laughs> like don't be talking about everything on their side. I just be there like okay, I got the full scoop. But I think you're right. I think with guys, I think it's probably a little simpler to get to that, okay, we're cool, we're just chatting, we just met like an hour ago. Whereas girls, maybe we're still struggling to find a breaking point unless one or the both of them are just really outgoing, ask a ton of question type people. For me, at least, like I kind of agree with what John Mike said, where, and a little bit with what she said, I think it's kind of on the same plane, where initially, like give a guy, give a group of guys a ball, and in 20 minutes they'll all be friends for life, you know? (laughs) But um, I think that initial like level of intimacy is easy for guys to reach, but I think the second step where you're like, I don't know, talking about meaningful things, maybe at least maybe this is just me, doesn't happen often, or maybe it's just that what it is more is maybe I'm not afraid to like confide in people, but I'm always just like, well, this isn't the time. <laughs> I'm just saying because maybe some most of the time when we hang out or when I hang out with my guy friends, we we get together to play basketball, we get together for an activity. Uh, oh, you guys yeah. want to go out to eat? 
It's never just like, hey, can we just talk? I guess if I needed to talk to someone one-on-one. Yeah. -on -one. So, is there any social factors why we think that it's happening this way or this differently between male relationships and like, women's relationships? Well, I think one thing is like women are like pitted against other women so often that I think like that, or at least like I think in my experience, like I think sometimes that makes me more guarded with like sharing stuff or like being so quick to like open up and actually share like any like intimate details or like um like be vulnerable because you don't really know who you can trust so i feel like it, it kind of makes women sometimes more guarded with like trusting other women just from like past experiences and then even like that being perpetuated like in the i think also with that um even with like with children so you give them a tactile activity, you're doing something together, and then you give them an activity where they have to be a team, um, like a sport or like a, a puzzle or something, something that, you know, they have to work together. I feel like sometimes women, acti women in quotations, activities don't lend themselves to that shopping or getting your nails done or going out to eat or getting caught. Like that sometimes doesn't build the same form of camaraderie that would be having the guys go bowling, you know? Um, so maybe it's that, where we are literally just doing different things that kind of make you feel different about what exactly you're doing. Do we believe that a straight man and a straight woman can be friends? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> I don't believe, can I talk for like a while? Uh, three minutes? Okay, I will distill my argument okay. down to this. I believe that a straight man and a straight woman cannot be friends cannot be true and like there are levels of friendship acquaintanceship and then you know like the every once in a while but the true like tell you everything uh really really relate i feel like cannot happen between women and men because if that was the case then they would be married because i think you're you marry your best friend this person you share that level of intimacy me and my wife if i were to talk to someone and like confide in someone the same way i would confide in with daniel and it was a girl aside from my wife, it would be a big problem, right? Because that level of intimacy, you save for your wife. And I think that all the people who are like, oh, I have a guy best friend. And usually when I bring this argument up, girls are the ones who have the big problem with it because I have, they're like, I have a guy best friend. And I'm always like, that guy has probably liked you in the past. <laughs> and they're like, no, oh, right? Because I think like, <laughs> I think if you share that level of intimacy, you're just gonna fall for the person. And then you're gonna either wanna date them or be married. So, so you're guarded because you don't wanna fall for the person. Or at one point in time, one of y'all had a crush on the other one. I think it's impossible. I mean, I used to refute his argument a lot, but I... <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Dr. Please. Please. I've heard this argument many times because I have a male best friend, so everyone's like, oh, no. You don't have a male best friend. I'm sure no, you have a male best friend. I have a male best friend and a female best friend, right? There's two parties in here. But so I understand what you're saying, and I've heard it since we were like middle school. Everyone's like, oh no, there's no way you two can be friends. And eventually, you guys are going to get married. I was like, no, ew. That was the truth. But I, I understand what you're saying. For me, I think what has made our friendship work so that it didn't cross those like boundaries of like intimacy where we're like, oh my God, I secretly like you. I don't, can't speak for him, but I don't secretly like him. Can't. But it was more so that 
yes, there was we were intimate in like conversation, but there's certain things that we didn't share with each other, right? Because it's like once we break this barrier, it's like. But it's like so, like we share a lot of things with each other. Um, our families are very close with each other, so it's like I see more as a brother than as like my friend, right? So like there are things that we talk about. There are like some intimate things that we might share, but we don't talk about like like oh, this and like this and this and this and happen like things that you would share with like a romantic partner. Like there might be vague conversations about, it, but there's not in-depth conversation about those things because once you cross that line, which I agree with you, once you cross that line, you might as well marry the person. Like, what are you guys doing? I feel like in our culture, things are romanticized just out of habit very quickly. Um, so that's that's the dynamic in general. Um, so I definitely I have close male friends, platonic, but. Like Kingsley was saying, um, in order for them to stay that way, I think it definitely comes with establishing certain boundaries that would cross over into intimacy, like everyone has been saying. So I think your argument is that <laughs> friends is if a woman and a man can be like the best friends. Exactly, like, that's what I'm saying. And best is a qualifier, right? Best yeah. means the best friend. Or yeah. your <laughs> zero walls. Everyone keeps bringing up this qualifier, like, oh, there are lines we don't cross yeah. because then you whatever. And I'm like, well, if, you're, if that's your best friend. I think the highest form of friendship is a marriage. Agree or disagree? Yes. Yeah, agree. Agree. Disagree. Don't <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It depends on how the marriage came out. Some, some are of convenience, some are opportunity. I would say, because I know the marriages, I'm like, how? <laughs> no, not just because I'm not saying, I'm just saying, like, I know both of them. You guys don't really seem like you would like what the other person likes. Mm-hmm. You are. I, I know, because you have very different opinions on very important things. I think people agree with the fact that it's supposed to be like that, but a lot of the time it isn't. Right. Yeah. Um, I was also going to say, back to what you were saying, um, I also grew up in a heavy boyfriend, like, boy this friend. Childhood, adolescence, I was probably usually the only girl, give or take one or two more. I literally had, like, four girlfriends, and that's it. Sometimes more depending on like the, the, I don't know, seasons or school, but real friends I hung out with all the time. It was usually just a bunch of dudes and then one or two girlfriends. And then obviously my brother's friends, but his friends were younger. So, but he would tug along with my friends. Anyways, the romantic aspect never crossed my mind, but I, I can't say that about anybody else, Mm -hmm. but nobody ever made that apparent to me. So while I was friends with everybody, it wasn't like, who do I have to watch out for? Who can't I sit next to? It was like, who can I not tell this stuff? Because in my head, I was like, okay, whatever. I'll hang out with you. I'll hang out with you after school, going to group or whatever. It, it was just that we were friends. So I feel like it's a definition thing. But I think okay. now, that was when we were younger. This I think be. now as an adult, especially with work, because I have a, I spend more time at work than I do at home, unless I count sleeping, which you're sleeping. My friendships with my coworkers, I feel like some people want to become, like some people at work, that's like their kind of whole life. Their friends are only their work friends. They don't have any other friends. I can't imagine like relationships with opposite sex or same sex, whatever, being deeper than expected just because you share uh, the workload. You have the same managers, you have the same problems, you have business problems that you have to work on together. So there could be a sense of a deeper relationship, even though it's not actually, it's just about work, you know? I will concede that this is a semantic argument. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like you have to define what best friend is before you can... I feel like best friend for me is zero zero walls. Like, vulnerable to the extent that 
you share everything. And so like your wife, I mean, my husband would be my best friend because I don't have any walls up. And if I have a girl best friend, I shouldn't be like, I, I shouldn't feel as though I can't share with you. Mm. Um, so it may be that it's not necessarily the right time that I share with you, but I don't feel like I need to withhold information per se. One thing I'll just add is like, I would say as a male and as a Christian in particular, as a Christian leader of a church, sometimes I feel like, maybe the guys can speak to this, we're a little bit discouraged mm. from having female friendships um, because of the look of it <laughs> and because of um, it just, I think sometimes makes people feel uncomfortable. And that's something I've been wrestling with because I look at scripture and you're talking about like Christ and some of his, it seems like I won't call anyone best friend. I don't know. He had his two best friends, maybe it were the apostles, but he had a lot of female friends. Um, so like Mary Magdalene and some other people, of course, that's Jesus. So he's like, <laughs> always correlating <laughs> um, things like that. But I know, like, I certainly have female friends. For example, like, me and Gloria, I think our friendship has grown over the, sh- over the years. But it's also, like, also through my girlfriend. Yeah. So it's like sometimes if I feel like if I was going to um, um, start a relationship with a female, people would feel, like, very uncomfortable. And, like, I would a lot of times get feedback from that. So I'm just putting that out there for, like, discussion. To think about, like, if that's um, things like that toxic masculinity conversation. Really a matter of like public assumption, like you don't know what's going on, but people will really come in and try to dictate, like, no, you can't be friends with this person, even if there's like no romantic thing going on, but you have mutual interests, mutual goals, or whatever, and you want to get together and work on a project or something, or. I don't know, like, what do you, what do you, I think I don't that's there, but you can't be ignorant to that, too, like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah sure, in your, in your own little world, and in your space, you could be like, yeah, we're, good. like, I don't care what people say, blah, 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 mm-hmm. but people are still gonna say, and if you're still gonna have friends, you have to, either you speak up and be like, this is what it is, or you just accept the fact that people are gonna think these things about you, mm-hmm. and move on, if you really want to be friends with that person, everyone at my job that's been there for like more than, I don't know, 10 plus years, has a work spouse. And it's a very corporate oh, yeah. thing to have. Do you? I've only been there for seven years. I'm not there yet. Three more years. And I get my work husband. <laughs> and it's, it would seem platonic. And I'm always just like, huh, I wonder why that's the, ter- that's the term that it is. You know, instead of just your friend from work, it now becomes your work spouse. And I'm always like, I wonder like why we need to qualify it like that because it's just another friendship. Mm-hmm. Or, are you asserting that it's more than that by using that term? You know, my job is a lot of like older people, like 40 up. And like, this is a big thing with these people. For some reason, it's a, it's, yeah. it's a common thing. And my supervisor and the secretary have like a thing like that going on. I think what qualifies, <laughs> I think what qualifies is that like they talk to each other a lot during work. I don't know if there's anything above that. I thought Logan was gonna tell us about his work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, don't like, I don't have any spicy details on this. I really don't know. That one person, like, especially at work, when you have that one person you could always rely on when you're in a tight spot when you're under a deadline, when you have a huge workload, whatever, 
Like, that really bonds you. Trauma bonding, whatever the term is. But, like, that's a security sort of thing. <laughs> and it's comforting to know, like, I'm going to lie on this person. But it doesn't have to be, like, this big scandalous. I mean, I mean, I I think rules change when you when you're married, obviously. Like I'm married, so I think like uh, if you're married, I think emotional affairs are like a real thing, and you you might cut this because like this is way off topic. But emotional affairs can be a real thing. So if you like, be like, oh, this is the person at work I confide in, and your husband is at home, he was like, <laughs> speaking from my personal experience. But I will say that a lot of my a lot of my views are obviously tainted by the fact that, you know, I was married young, and before I got married at 23, I was dating her for Nadeshka for, like, two years. So I was always, back to what Dan was saying, conscious of how it would appear uh, if I was, like, really, let's say, chummy with another girl who wasn't, like, my serious girlfriend, then fiancé, then wife, you know? So I guess that's just where my bias comes from. Um, and it might be different if you're single. I was really good friends with this guy, and I don't know if it was just because that we really, like, jive and we were able to just kind of sit down and talk about um, personal experiences that we just shared. Like, there were some things that we both experienced, like, domestic violence in the home, and, and he, like, it's hard to talk about that stuff with people who haven't had that experience, and so I was kind of caught in this really weird situation where it's like, man, I want to be there for my brother, and I want to be there emotionally. God kind of reeling me back and being like, yes, you can, you can be there and you can love your brother, but you're kind of overstepping right now because that place belongs to a girlfriend or this and that. And so he had to reel me back and be like, you can be there for him in terms of prayer and you can be there for him in terms of like studying together, this and that, but you have to be very consciously aware how your presence might be affecting. It'll be affecting how he then defines his relationship later if you're just making the exception now being this um just a friend is that how he's going to be later on with other friends and then when his spouse comes along is that going to create a problem i think girls are really good at compartmentalizing relationships and friendships we know how to organize our life like i don't know what else to say so it's uh i think it's more like I have some girlfriends where I know they're higher maintenance and I have to be ready to like drop some money and like look nice. And then I have other relationships with girls where I can just like just go over, crash on the couch, and we'll just like watch a movie under a blanket. And that's fine. Nobody has to talk. There's those different levels of relationships, even with just girls. So I think for girls to have that relationship with a guy, sometimes, yeah, maybe we don't recognize that um, there's they have their own thoughts about that and I don't know that's also the thing with girl and guy relationship where maybe they don't they're afraid to say what they feel mm. but people usually are anyways yeah that's every Hallmark movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's some, uh, something kind of different than the girl guy relationship or just talking about intimacy and friendship and one of the things that I'm kind of like I was interested by was like particularly this passage in 2 Samuel was talking about David and Jonathan and their relationship and he's talking, and he basically does this, like, long love poem for him in, like, the first um, chapter. And he's, like, uh, at verse uh, 26, he says, I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant have you been to me. Your love to me was extraordinary, surpassing the love of woman. How the mighty have fallen, the weapons of war perished. So it's kind of like when he died. It was kind of like an ode to Jonathan. But I was almost, like, thinking a lot about, that caused me to think a lot about my male friendships. 
and to think about, you know, I was reading some books, and it's almost like interesting how they just form so naturally. You don't sometimes think about, like I, me and my girlfriend had to continually think, okay, we're developing our relationship. We're spending time with one another. And you can remember kind of when that started. But I can not very really remember when my male friendship started. They just are. Like, these are the people I just want to be with. And it's like platonic in the sense that we never need anything from each other. We just want to be with each other all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, uh, you know, just like, like that, I would say, is just an amazing level of intimacy. Yeah, I think because um, I'm like totally like a marriage where you really have to rely on each other and sometimes um, you're meeting one another's needs in uh, different ways, you know, like uh, friendships are just like totally unique yeah. in that sense. And um, I think you can just be so intimate with sometimes just your, your close friendships, such a way that maybe you can't be with your spouse. I'm not sure. I'm still thinking about all these things, <laughs> but it's like really stimulated that, that passage is like stimulated my thinking about like friendships. We're just going to be friends in heaven for eternity. There's not going to be marriage anymore in that sense. And we're all going to have these amazing relationships with one another. I'm not sure how it's going to like work out, mm. um, but that's essentially what we're destined to be. So it's, I think it's kind of cool. I mean, um, mar marriage isn't like the end all, the all of friends. Like, you still need your own friends. You know? um, one, because he's not going to go out dancing with me, no. but my girlfriend's all, you know, and there's certain things that like we'd rather do and that I don't have an interest in, and that's where his guy friends come in. Yeah. And also, um, also the, like, even though we're best friends, there's some stuff that maybe we want to talk to, to other people, that we don't want to talk to because it might uh, hurt their feelings, or maybe we're just yeah. thinking about it. Mm -hmm. We want to kind of air it out before we talk about this with our spouse, just respectfulness, you know? There's just, like different things that maybe you will need friends forever and your mm -hmm. best friend can be your spouse. But it's, I think there's, there's super importance in like friendships all the time. I have a question for the couple in the room. So being married and like your husband being your best friend, do you, do you think that you have a girl best friend as well? And you think that that's okay for you to be as vulnerable with the same vulnerability with the girl best, the girl that you are with the, your spouse? Uh, so I think I have some girlfriend's friends that I'll tell everything to. Um, but I think there is, just like you would with other friendships, maybe there are some things that you don't say to that friend because you want to protect the intimacy of one friendship. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think mm -hmm. probably the only thing, or probably like one of the things that I'm not, as forthright with to my like guy best friends is probably like my relationship with Nadeshka because there's some, there's, there's like a privacy there that I want to respect. Unless something's wrong. Cause sometimes like the problem I need to talk about is Nadeshka. <laughs> so, you know, obviously that's when like, you know, having like retaining my guy best friends in those relationships and those times of like, uh, fellowship community insert biblical word, um, are, are welcomed and necessary and valued. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, she, like when something good happens, she's probably the person I want to tell first, you know? So, like, she's, like, my best friend in that sense, you know? 
but I definitely do have a deep level of intimacy with like my guy friends, you know? I think God meant for that. So, so I guess kind of like you know, getting is like if you're in the middle and there's a circle around you, maybe the back half of the circle is your spouse and then all these other segments are your friends and he didn't intend for us to go to one person for everything. Like mm-hmm. that's what's and so being able to kind of I don't know, because it's unfair both to yourself and to the other person's implications on that person that they're going to meet everybody on every level, right? Now that I'm thinking about it, two things. Whoa, first of all, nice. I retract my statement. Remember how I was like, yo, marriage is the highest form of friendship? There's no hierarchy. They're all different. (laughs) They all have their different weights of importance, and I feel like it's important not to rank that, because everything is an idol. Yeah. Come on, girl. I feel like a lot of times when we place a lot of like different expectations on a certain relationship just because it is what it is, it's almost like um, asking for something in return. And I don't know if that's how a friendship should exist. I think sometimes these friendships can be harder because now we have the where is your brother thing. So how are we taking care of one another, being accountable in our walks with God? I think that part of friendship can be tricky. Because we don't want to be, like, calling people out all the time. We don't have ourselves together. I think that's something that I'm learning how to do now. Well, let's um, talk about that. What does accountability... Who is allowed to, like, pull you aside and call you out on something? Well, someone told me, or I read on the internet. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, was true. To not take criticism from someone you wouldn't take advice from. Um, so I think, for me, people... Honestly, probably only my friends, probably like the top echelon, like like real close, trusted friends. If someone were to like uh, hold me accountable, confront me about something that I need confronting about, I think if that's not someone that I know cares about me deeply or like and like loves me, I would dismiss it as been like as like oh this person doesn't know what they're talking about or blah 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 or you know come up with a billion excuses to rationalize it. Kind of to go for that. Essentially, I don't even know how to translate that, but there's this Ghanaian proverb that says the person that's drawn a line in the sand doesn't know it's crooked except the people behind them. Mm-hmm. So everyone can essentially criticize you or kind of hold you accountable to something, but I think we would prefer if it's people close to us. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you're in, okay, a body of, like you're a church, a body of people can just raise, hey, like the way you said this might have not been the right way, and you might be like, okay. But then if your best friend's like, yo, for real, you messed up on that one. You'd be like, oh, okay, maybe I should kind of like reflect a little bit, see how I can be better. So essentially everyone can criticize you, but it's more so like the people that are close to you that kind of hold a little bit more weight mm-hmm. because they, they know you for you and you know that they're not seeing this to hurt you or to like put you down. They genuinely care about you being the better person that you maybe share to them you want to be. So, so I personally have, like, I have a girl that I call my accountability partner, and um, our accountability wasn't based off of we're doing something wrong and we want to correct it, or it's like for you to tell me that I need to stop doing this, or I need to do this, or I need to do that. It was um, focused on growth, and that was like um, knowing that, like, we we both had goals in different areas of our life, so relationship goals. Um, like relationship with like friends, family, um, intimate. We had emotional goals, like whether or not we wanted to, you know, 
sometimes sometimes we don't necessarily feel well you feel depressed or we want to be happier stuff like that financial goals spiritual goals and it's all those things that come together and it's just keeping our keeping each other accountable of the things that we want to achieve and when we do see each other slipping that's when we do the correction because it's more of out of love it's not like it's not me pointing out the fault in you it's knowing that, like, as you said, like, because you care about this person, mm-hmm. that that's that's why you're making that, I guess, like, pointing out the wrong, per se. But, it's, but, if, but if you kind of do it because you want them to be better, then you know that it's more, to me, it's more receptive. Like, because if you're really telling me, like, you should stop doing this, and it's just like, okay, you could be, someone could be saying that out of selfish, selfishness. And so it's just like, I don't take, I listen to everyone's advice. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily, I do ask my friends, like, do you think I'm like this, 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 and then they'll be like, actually, by the time someone else tell me that my friends already tell me, so it's just like, <laughs> I, it, it's like, if someone cares about, like, I mean, someone can care about you, but if they care about you as an individual, then they will know how to come to you, knowing that it may hurt you, but they care about your, like, yourself in the future more than how you may feel, in a sense. Because if they don't confront it, it's going to be worse than if they do. So that's how I take accountability. It's not about chastising somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like um, up until like the past few years, to be quite honest, <laughs> the only spaces where I would like hold my friends accountable or accept accountability from them, if that's the right phrasing, would be in the spaces of like organized accountability partners where we're calling each other that. Um, so I realized over the past like few years, I wouldn't feel comfortable taking up that role of like a unofficial accountability partner with my close friends. Um, because you know how everyone's like, you do you, like you know your own life. And I think I was harping on that until recently where I, it seems like the most effective way to approach that is to first ask them why they're doing certain things or like get back them. Because I feel like a lot of times when people feel offended when they're called out, it's because it's coming from a person that's not um, curious about where it's stemming from. It's like mm-hmm. putting a bandaid over something. Yeah. 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 I feel like Christians, sometimes we have a tendency to be legalistic. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, you no, you got to be in church every Sunday. But that's not like ultimately the goal, right? The goal is for us to love them and to know that, you know, that our, our relationship is important. You know, in our community, our fellowship, and your fellowship with Christ. So, trying to figure out, like you said, the encouraging way to say, "Hey, um, how are you doing?" and get to the root of maybe some of the problems. And it's for like their, so that they'll know it's for their good. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, God disciplines us, like you said, because He loves us. Parents discipline their children because they love them. If it, if you, if you don't, they're it's gonna be horrible. <laughs> if you let your spouse or someone like that just walk all over you, it's not healthy. So. Like sometimes in our, our relationships, I'm just speaking from a male's per- perspective, that can be challenging sometimes to go to that level and hold each other accountable in that respect. So need prayer and encouragement to um, do that better. I think that's uh, definitely an uh, uh, area where um, most of my friendships, I don't know how to do that well or do it at all. I, for some people, yeah, I can easily be like, stop doing that. You look like a fool. Like, get your life together. You know, come on. I have some friends that I can be like super honest like that, and um, but sometimes I feel like I don't know if they'll take it right. right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's because our relationship isn't there. I don't know if we haven't kind of developed that mutual respect and trust so that we can say that mm-hmm. or have those conversations. It's different in friendships, I think, than in, in uh, like my marriage. I can really be like, 
my mom was never gonna buy Zoom. You know, it never happened. <laughs> Those things that you're like kind of goals and they're just like kind of drifted away, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. But then there's other goals that you're like kind of spur, kind of challenge each other to keep going. I feel like I don't do that so well with my friendships. And that's something I feel like I would want as a friend. Like I was telling some of these guys before the podcast. Like if I was drifting away from Christ or not going to church, just saying, hey, sorry, I'm just not going to, I got other things. Like I want one of my friends to say, you're being stupid. You're, that's not um, who you are and what you know is right. Like I want someone to come and, and call me out, you know, and, you know of course, with love. So trying to figure out, again, how to best do that. I've actually told one of my friends before that um, if they see me doing something wrong, I said, just slap me. If I'm not listening to you, like, slap me and, like, metaphorically. <laughs> I was like, because I'm like, because I, because I, cause the thing is, like, I saw it happen to someone else. And I was like, if you see me doing this, like, even if I'm not listening to you, don't give up on me. I was like, I was like, because I, because I, because I realized that they, because sometimes you don't see what's happening around you. You don't know what's happening. Just like you're going through the motions. And one of my biggest, I guess, my friendship regret was that one of my friends who I was really close with um, uh, started to drift away from the church. And I was too afraid to, to hurt our relationship by saying something until our relationship never even existed. Mm. And it was just like, I was, so now she's both lost in the world and she's also not my friend anymore. So mm. it's just like, I kind of lost, but it's still, that, that's why we talked earlier about like, you know, being open and vocal about people. But the thing is, I didn't necessarily know how to approach her because I felt as though I was only going to tell her what she was doing wrong. And I didn't necessarily know how to say it in love without like, yeah, saying it in love, basically. And it's, it's just like, it just hurts to see a friend go. Um, but then also just to lose a friend just like that because you're afraid. One thing that's helped me for sure is just to recognize that gonna, if we're going to try to proceed with like salvaging friendships or deepening them or being in the body of Christ, you know, and extending to those friendships that are not even Christian at all, where we have regular relationships or whatever. Not to either expect too much or just make ridiculous promises. <laughs> you know, there's only so much you can do for a person. There's only so much you can physically do for a person. You can't wake up every morning and drive them to work and make sure they're safe and then bring them back home. And, you know, there's the expectation of friendship. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you can do for your friends, pray and uh, hang out with them and stuff like that. They're literally, you can't just be like, I'm going to show up every morning. I'm going to call you every morning. Make sure you're up. I'm going to call you on Sundays. I'm going to pick you up. That's exhausting. <laughs> but it works as a, like, as a body. But you have to also set like practical goals. Otherwise, you're never going to do it. It's like when you're like, I'm going to lose 50 pounds in a month. <laughs> no, you can't do that. So there are some reasonable expectations in friendship. And I think being a better friend is understanding that you're not going to meet everyone's needs and you're not going to, and you're not going to do everything that you think you're going to do. And just because your goal is small, like calling them once a month, doesn't mean it's not enough. Everybody has different backgrounds and everybody's coming from different places. We're in different There would be reasonable expectations. Like we need to vocalize them because I mean, people try to read our minds. We try to read each other's minds. And I feel like that's one kind of big aspect that God's kind of really been pushing. It's like, help you need to ask it don't expect something to come in and then be upset when it doesn't show up and you didn't vocalize it like i gave you a voice all right um wow thank you so many good words i definitely learned a lot 
So thank you guys for talking. Um, I'm sure through another topic, we'll make our way back into a conversation about this. <laughs> but for now, that's all we have. Thanks for joining us at the table. I don't know if I told you that's what you're listening to, but you are listening to the table. <laughs> thank you. That's all. Bye. <laughs>